Happy New Year and welcome to episode 11 of Ask Alex on the OneOuter.com podcast. Um, how are you, Alex? It's the first time we're catching up in 2014. I uh, Yeah, and I feel really guilty when he said Happy New Year and it's the 4th of February. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, I always do like, I always time it. Like, who's going to be the last person to say me? say happy new year and the last one i had was the 16th or something like that so yeah we're really running late but hi world it's good to talk to you again it's great to be back yeah well partly the reason is alex was uh, obviously if you follow his blog and follow him on twitter and uh, facebook etc you will know he was in the bahamas uh, sunning it up playing a tanky yeah um so we're going to let a lot of people want to know what happened there and stuff so we're going to look at catching up with that um, we've also been noticing on Twitter some planned battle between him and an MC, the Saurus. Yeah, you know what's uh, up. You know what's going to go. Anyway, we go, ahead, get, go ahead. We want to get uh, you know, to the bottom of that and see what's happening there. And um, um, we'll deal with your questions as well. Um, some good questions and an uh, interesting idea from one listener that we might look to take up on the podcast, but we'll talk about that later. So... If you just want to uh, tell us about the PCA, Alex, and sort of what happened and what was your thoughts, musings, uh, what what pissed you off, etc. There's <laughs> got to be something. <laughs> you know, th- this was seriously my favorite PCA trip ever. I just, I'm, I, I, I'm dumbfounded how blessed I am in life. And it was obviously the tournament didn't really go that well. I mean, I did cash, and that's nice, you know, because you end up, you know, up on the trip. And, uh, you know, it was good. It was good. It, it was just frustrating that last, like, I, I bust on the exact last hand of day three. And it was kind of, you know, it was really, it, it was tough because I was, uh, you know, I was nearing the chip lead like six hours before that. But it was just one of those things, you know, like open-ended straight draw, flush draw, and a pair. You know, you bat two streets, river, you brick, you check, the guy checks back. He happens to have second pair with a slightly better kicker, you know, and it, just, yeah. it kept happening like that. And I kept, you know, I just, I bricked with something like five combo draws with like pairs, open-ended fl- straight draws, gut shot draws, uh, flush draws, stuff like that. And those are, you know, those are really my bread and butter because if people fold with any frequency when you're betting a combo draw, you're just printing money because, if you bet the size of the pot, it needs to work 50% of the time. But if the person's options are call or fold, which most people consider their only options because, oh, dear God, do not turn your hand into a bluff. All the two plus two kids that have never made four dollars in their life will laugh at you. But, <laughs> if they, you know, if you if you have like 27 percent equity offsetting your 50 percent, how often your bet needs to work as a pure bluff, like. Your your play doesn't even need to work more than one time out of four sometimes, you know, and then if you hit the combo draw, it's just like party time. Right. And I have this weird run where, you know, seven times in a row, like nobody folded me. I was like, OK, that's OK. But then I didn't hit any of them on the river. So and it wasn't there was one time I could have bluffed the river. But this is weird. I don't know this kid's name, Tim something poker. He was a nice kid. He's missing a finger or something. But, yeah, he's a. He, uh, essentially the board was like king of clubs, jack of clubs, X. And, uh, I had like whatever the X was plus two clubs. And, uh, oh no, 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 no. I had, uh, I picked up a draw on the turn. I just see bet the flop with like five, six of diamonds on the turn. I hit like an open-ended straight flush draw or something like that. He checks. I bet again, thinking I could probably get him off a of jack. He calls the river comes the ace of clubs, which obviously is an overcard and is the, uh, is the flusher on he checks to me and I go you know I, I it took all my energy not to put it in but I felt like I felt like the dealer walking on the side and like the girl bringing over the drinks with no I was bluffing the way the way the way the table had been going so I just checked and this kid this kid's so funny he like turns over king queen I go nice hand I mock and then he go he goes thanks for not firing that river I'm like okay <laughs> like, you know, and then he goes, well, I wasn't folding anyway. So then I was like really confused. I was like, thank you for not giving me another hundred K. I don't, I don't, I, you know, if you're going to call the river, you should have like demanded I jam the river. I don't get it. But you know, it was kind of, 
it was fun. It was a good day, you know, and everybody was pretty cool. I had a lot of fun, you know, and I, I really tried to talk it up and I'm not really a talker in day to day life. Like I kind of like Costa Rica because everybody doesn't expect me to say much because I can't say much in Spanish. But I mean, you know, I'm, it sounds weird, but like I'm an introvert. Like this isn't like me talking with me, anyone. This is me just talking to me right now, you know, and you, you kind of pop up once in a while, Ginger, you know, yeah. it's, but no, I mean, but like, I really tried to like, you know, man, like love the people really have fun with it. And everybody was pretty cool, you know, and it was, uh, there were a few people I like got on their nerves, but then they busted, you know, so it was, uh, it was good. And, you know, I had a lot of fun and, you know, my, uh, my a friend of mine, he's like fifty something. He uh, uh, from Costa Rica, real demure guy, and uh, he he just was like, "I'm coming to the Bahamas." I was like, "All right." So he stayed with us, and my horse came with us, and my friend from the states, and you know, it was a good time. You know, we were all you know all going out on the beach, swimming in the Caribbean uh, every day, and I went I went for a run that was just out of this world, man. They were having a storm, and I was like, "I love running in storms, man," because that. That feels like you're just like riding on God's wave or something. And like I downed, I downed a five hour energy drink, which I don't, I'm not really, I don't, they, they, they're illegal here in Costa yeah, Rica. They're, they're illegal they're there too. Crazy. Yeah, they're, they're really bad for you. They're really bad for you. But this is all I can do anymore, right? So I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm going to give my kidney a punch. So I took one of them and I was just jonesy and I went running and I was like, I found this like hotel that was like, it, it, it was uh i'm really sounding like an american by saying like every sentence but uh it, it was just like it was a a roman pantheon you know and they just like marble terraces in front of uh this crashing caribbean and the, yeah i had snow goons you're a fan of the snow goons right yeah, yeah 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 i had their new black snow album it was like it's that perfect moment where it's like the third or fourth time you listen to an album is the perfect time because you kind of know the lyrics, you kind of know what's coming, but it's still got that fresh CD yeah. feel. I was just jonesing, man. I was just, I was feeling it. I couldn't, I like, I was just like, man, this is like, you know, I never thought I'd get to, you know what I mean? I never thought I'd get to go to the Bahamas like once in my life when I was a kid. That was something like rich people from Florida went to on their honeymoon, you know what I mean? Nobody, I didn't know anybody from Seattle with money who had been to the Bahamas. It was just too yeah. expensive. And, uh, the fact this is my fifth time there, I was just like, what the hell, you know? And it was just, it all kind of, kind of came rushing to me in that moment. I was just like, you know, thank God, praise Jesus Christ. This is like, <laughs> this is the life, man. This is fun, you know? And then I got kind of pissed off when I bust the tournament because I'm like, man, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, I want to win this tournament, man. I want to, I want to be, you know, I want to be back, like making the big decisions. But, you know, it's all good. It's a, it, once you put it into perspective, it's like, yeah, you know, it's, a, it's all gravy. It's all good. Yeah, since I went to, uh, you know, I've been to Vegas a couple of times. I went during the World Series once, and that was kind of like, you know, an anti-climax, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I feel and, you. Uh, I, I don't really, like, crave Vegas uh, at all uh, now. I, I don't know. Maybe that's because I'm not playing much poker. Um, but I just, I think the Bahamas, you know, ever since Thunderball. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> Yeah. It's like I, I wanted to go to the Bahamas, so it's, it's still like one of them that you know I'd, it's on the bucket list that kind of thing. Like, gotta go there and you know play play some of the events at the PCA. Oh, you love it, man. You gotta go in though, expecting okay, you're gonna get robbed at every turn. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. like yeah, you know, like I mean, they're making their money. They gotta make that's like their only business there, you know. So they gotta yeah. get they gotta get their money from you, and. Uh, you got to joke with the people, otherwise it's going to be tough, you know what I mean? So, yeah, like, yeah. because they're kind of a tough-minded people. But, yeah, it's 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 gorgeous. I, and I'm with you, man. I don't feel Vegas either. I know a lot of people love that, and I think it's cool. It's a good time, you know? Like, I love, like, the Pinball Hall of Fame and, like, going to shows and, like, goofy shit like that. But yeah, it, yeah. it's a cool place, but, you know, it's not like uh, – Yeah, you, I think single guy with money yeah, in his pocket. Yeah. It's, it's a great place to go, but – because I've been like a couple of times, and the last time I went, I stayed for two weeks, and it was just, I know guys stay through the World Series five, six weeks, stuff like that, but two weeks for me, I mean, on like the 12th, you know, actually probably like the 10th day, I was kind of like done, I was like, oh, I just want to get, 
Yeah, you know, I want to get I, the I, hell out of here, man. Yeah, if I, could, if I could click my fingers and be home, I probably would have did it. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. It's like when you uh, you take a weed brownie and it's real fun the first four hours, but then the ride just doesn't stop. <laughs> and you're just like, yo, man, I need to get off this. Like, I, where yeah. is the off switch? Like, that's how, yeah. that's how I feel in Vegas after like 11 days. It doesn't – I mean, like I tried to do the two months thing like three or four times. But, I mean, it, there, there was like some – there was like one point I was just – I, I was going to the gym like t- twice a day because I was just like, I was just so nervous, like walking around there and the heat is so bad for me because my family's like Alaskan natives and Irish and crap. And like, right. I just, I can't take the heat. Like I hate the heat. So I'm going to this air conditioned gym and I'm running and I'm trying to drink all this water and it just, it doesn't work. I just go crazy yeah. every time I hate it there. It's just, yeah. but that's just me, you know I mean? I know a lot of people love it, but yeah, I'd rather go to the Monaco's or the, the Bahamas and stuff like that. You know, that's the, yeah. That's the stuff out of the movies. You might hear my maid screaming something in Spanish while during this broadcast. So y'all excuse me. This is still not a very high tech operation yet. So yeah. you know how it is. Thinly filled Braga. He's got me. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's my, it's my, it's it's my wife's uh, aunt. So it's not really. She helps us out around the house. You know, it's but not you, like you, you might hear my. Uh... My my maid, you know, well, <laughs> my my girlfriend when she gets in at like five from work, you know. Oh that's wait, wait, <laughs> she she cleans, she cleans up around the house. So that's a new, uh, that's a yeah. that's a new thing, man. You gotta understand, man. Like when I, uh, I I had like American girlfriends, it'd be like I'd be working twelve hours, I get done and be like, why haven't you cleaned up the house? It's like, girl, you work like three hours, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you clean up the house, like, and I'm not one of those guys, like, you know, the girls gotta clean up the house. But it's like if one of us is working twelve hours, the other is working three, and that person when they work three is a waitress who gets paid $60 an hour in tips that person can come home and do a couple dishes you know that's all right but yeah you know it's all good it's all good it's uh i just like to complain because american culture is funny to me it's uh, i love americans but they're quirky they're funny aren't they aren't, aren't americans just funny hilarious <laughs> not as funny as uh, hey you know there's a professional poker player who's from scotland who's a battle rapper have you heard of this What's his name? He's uh he goes by Soul. He used to be too wisdomy, on uh but yeah he was like he made this post. He's like man you know he get, he gave up on the professional poker thing because he hated it after a while and he was like I really love to you know know how much money I'm gonna make these days. I was like what the hell? So there's a couple battle rappers who are professional poker players too, which I thought was right. hilarious. But yeah, That's, well, that takes us on nicely. I was reading on. Yeah, Twitter you like stuff. that transition? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, this guy, uh, the Saurus uh, MC, you're going to like explain it to us for people that don't know. Well, okay, like okay, so a lot of people think it's going to look like some out of Eight Mile. That's not how it works anymore. Okay, they kind of. Uh, there was this movement called King of the Dot, which was referencing to like King of Toronto. And it was a it was a Canadian rap battle league, and it's the biggest rap battle league in the world now. And what they what they did that was kind of different is, well, they put like white guys up against white guys because they're from Canada, and it's kind of hard to find black people there. You kind of take pictures when you see one because it's like, hey, there's one, but there's like, it, it, and it was like white dudes versus white dudes, and there's no beats because. Uh, I mean, that's the stuff that people really struggle with. You know, it, the way they used to do it back in like Eminem's days, they, the DJ would put a random beat on and you had to rap yeah. over it. And you had like 30, you can go watch, uh, I, I think it's the Source versus Justice. And he's from this time, right, where they had like 30 seconds and they had to freestyle. And like it, that is insanely tough because oh, you, yeah. have, you have to be on beat. You have to make stuff up. At the same time, and like, you know, those guys would write things going into it. And like the big battle, you might be hearing my dryer right now. But anyway, the big battle like Eminem lost that was like Eminem versus Juice. Like Juice, you know, like he knew the DJ, so he knew what the beat was going to come up on. And, you know, and there was a lot like cheating back in the day. And that kind of like left a bad taste in people's mouths because it was kind of, uh, oh, but yeah, you can uh, YouTube the source versus justice. It's a crazy battle. It's one of the more old school eight mile battles. And it's from like 10 years ago or something insane. But yeah, I mean, there was a lot of cheating back in the day. And a lot of guys were like writing stuff before they came in. So, you know, what they kind of did away with was like, okay, we're going to get rid of the beats because that's kind of what, you know, the layman has trouble with. And it's actually kind of hard to hear what people are saying over it sometimes right so like people will drop sick lines but if the guy's rushing with the beat you might not catch it you know and 
there ends up being a lot of filler when you have to like come up with things like every 20 seconds. So what they did is they did away with the beats and they said, you come here with something you wrote and you know, you know who your opponent's going to be. So you got like, you know, you got three months to, you know, come up with, if the dude's fat, you can come up with every fat joke you've ever written in your life, you know, and put them in a structured order. And if you're like really dirty, you know, you can bring up every like joke you can think of about his girl or any dirt you can bring up. Right. So kind of, and you know, and they started putting money on it up in Canada. So it like became like this high stakes thing, you know, they do like thousand dollar heads up with judges and you know, they no beat, but it was acapella in when it was acapella, it became interesting, you know, because people had to, you know, you had to create your own flow, interact with the crowd. And you had to make people feel it without, you know, like a beat getting everybody into it. So, yeah, yeah and it kind of went off. And I, I've been really into that since like 2006. I don't know. Me and my friends used to watch on YouTube and go, oh, man, this dude's crazy, you know. And I do it. I do it a bit in Europe because, you know, it was just like the craziest advantage in the world like speaking english as your first language <laughs> you yeah. know so it didn't even feel like competition but like you know it was something me and my friends did it when we were drunk but yeah then i saw the source was like supposed to battle jeff madsen i was like oh that'd be dope i'd love to hear some poker jokes you know what i mean and you know i, I don't know what happened it didn't go off and then uh one of the dudes at bluff was like you know he knows i'm a huge battle rap fan and uh he was like yo would you ever battle the source i was like well, yeah, you know, it's like if somebody said, hey, here's $100,000, you get to go play Phil Ivy. You don't get to keep any of the money, whether yeah. you win or lose. But, you, you know, of course you take the opportunity to play Phil Ivy, right? Even though you're 90% of the time you're going to get destroyed, right? Yeah. And, that was, and in my case, it's 100% because there's no way I could flow like him or write like him or any of that, right? But I was like, you know, I said to the bluff guy, I was like, dude, you got to pay Soros like $3,000 to come out for a battle, you know what I mean? Like, serious, it's seriously, like, the stakes are really that high for a lot of these guys. There's some battle rappers that, like, I mean, that's like him, like, on some general stuff. That's like him, if he's writing some normal stuff. If you want these guys to come out for, like, championships or, like, main events, like, some of these guys get paid twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars $25,000 to do these, right? Yeah. So I was like, there's no way in hell you're going to get the source. So, of course, I just said, yeah, 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 if you get the source, you know, like, I'll do it, right? And they kind of came back. They didn't really say anything. And then, you know, me and the source talk on Twitter anyway. So I finally just like, I didn't even know if they asked him. I was like, hey, we going to battle? And he was like, yeah, I'm down. You don't even have to pay me anything. We'll do it. And I was like, whoa. Right? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, shit. Now I have to battle the Soros. <laughs> you know, like, but yeah, we were going to try to do it in L.A. for LAPC. But I, my immigration, it's like the longest process in the world here getting my residents and you know they you get like two months to like uh register with like their health insurance uh here and obviously since the health insurance is free it's a pretty long process and they were like you know they were scheduling me like four months after i set the appointment and i was like yo that's not gonna work my my residence is gonna expire and they were like okay we can put you on this day and this day only and it was a day i said i couldn't do because it was in the middle of lapc but I was like, well, I guess I have no, uh, I guess I have no choice. You know what I mean? And it seems like, seems like my wife's aunt is spraying something on my dog, which is hilarious because he grits his teeth. But anyway, uh, as long as it's not pain, it's cool. No, no, I was like, I think she was fake. I think she was fake doing it. She was like, she was holding the spray bottle. But yeah, and uh, so you know, we were gonna do it in L.A., but now we're we're gonna do it at WSOP. And uh, right. which kind of sucks because I had like 20 LA jokes because I've hung out there a lot. <laughs> right. You know, like, but I, I mean, I was going to do the, I mean, this isn't, that joke's not even going to translate, but anyway, the, uh, so, you know, I, it's going to be cool. The thing I was worried about, they said, you know, bluff magazine wanted to do it at the WSOP the first time, but they gave me like six days notice. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm not going to be able to memorize three rounds in six days when I don't do this for a living, you know what I mean? And yeah. like, uh, yeah. And then the, the other thing with the WSOP is like half the people don't speak English as their first language. And it's like, have you ever like gone to a comedy in a foreign country, Barry? That's in no. English. Okay. It's, no. it's awkward because like, you'll be the only guy laughing because it takes yeah. them a second to like get the jokes or like the translations a little off. And it's like, these people aren't even going to have subtitles at this battle. And it, 
I don't know if you've ever heard two guys like rapping, but you kind of end up slurring your words because you're trying to get so many out. So yeah. like, I'm just worried, you know, people aren't going to feel good like reacting because there's two German assholes next to them who don't understand any of this. And they're just like, I'm, you know, I don't comment on blogs. I don't make an expression <laughs> when I play poker and I'm not going to be laughing at this. You know, it reminds me, it reminds me one time I was in Hong Kong with my friend about 2006, I think. So like what, eight years ago now, that's crazy. And, um, you know, I was like 22 and we were in this bar. It was like a, a hooker bar, you know, filled with hookers everywhere. There's no point saying it was anything else, yeah. but it was, it was a really cool scene. It was in, um, Wan Chai, if anybody knows Hong Kong. And that's like the party district. And um, we were there. And they had this like uh, Hong Kong uh, based band. And it was filled with like Filipinos. Uh, there was some Chinese lead singer girl, a Chinese guy, you know, and stuff like that. But they'd memorized all the songs. And they were sort of like hip hoppy, you know, songs. And they did lots of covers and stuff like that. And um, they were just so good because they were just mimicking, you know, the original. Yeah, yeah, right. So it was like, you know, that clip, it's like the, the North Korean guy that does like Whitney Houston perfectly or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like a parrot. But um, we were absolutely wasted, me and my friend there. He's from Scotland as well. And um, I used to, like, fuck knows what got into me, but like, they, they had like a break in their set, like 15 minutes, and it was the DJ on. And I was full of shit, big time, you know. And I walked up to, like, the bar manager, and I convinced the guy I was an MC champion from Manchester. <laughs> I, I said, I, I was like, I was like, uh, I was like, oh, listen, like, absolutely wasted. You know, I was like, listen, listen, listen. I was like, well, I just won the MC championships in Manchester. Now. You want me to go on and do this and that, whatever. So he goes up, the DJ puts on, like, fucking a couple of Biggie Smalls tracks and beats and stuff. And I'm just rapping absolute shit over it. Like, mixture mixture of Wu-Tang Clan stuff, Biggie Smalls lines, my own bullshit. Absolute shit. But it lasted, like, 15 minutes. And it was like this Chinese crowd were, like, going mental, yeah, you know, for it. Yeah, they've never seen it, man. They've never so, like, seen it. Yeah, so, yeah. like, I, I got, like, a real buzz off it, right? Like, yeah, a real yeah. buzz. <laughs> now, the, the, the next bit, I'm not proud and I'm not convinced, like, what the truth is to this day, right? But I come off the stage and um, you just reminded me of this story. And this is going to make clearer later when I, uh, one of the ideas uh, that someone emailed in uh, why I'm going into this. Um, and fucking, I, I came out and I, I finished and my mate was pissing his cell. And like, um, I think he filmed a bit of it on his phone. I'll need to see if he's still got some of it. Oh um, God. And he's like, oh, you're off your head. This was, That was crazy, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, 10 minutes later, like we're having drinks at the bar. This fucking guy comes over to me, grabs me. And says, you know, get the fuck out of the club, essentially. Whoa. Uh, and I said, I was like, whoa. I says, what? And he's got security with him. And I'm like, what What the fuck? Like, I'm saying, I spoke to the manager. He said it was cool for me to go. I In my head, it's because I've went up on the mic and been, like, singing over songs for, like, the last 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And he's keep, he keeps going to me, you're taking the piss. You're taking the piss like that. So I think he's saying I've been taking the piss. I'm saying, no, ask the manager. And then this guy comes that speaks better English and says to me, he's saying you took a piss. And I was like, what? <laughs> Appar apparently someone pissed all over like the DJ booth, like, after, you know, <laughs> like this bit. Right? So to this day, I don't know if I did or not, but like I was that wasted. I might have just been like, all right, I'm fucking bursting it. I'm, I took like a piss in the deep, so we got asked to leave, obviously, and that was it. You know, That's the most but epic story I've ever heard. It was so fucked up. It was like, because in my head, I'm like, I'm not taking the piss. The guy said I could go up. He's, and then this other guy comes over. No, he's saying you take the piss. And someone, someone's pissed in the DJ booth, and I was like, what? Like, no, no. And then I, I can't. I still, genuinely, to this day, eight years, I can't remember if I did or not. I was that wasted. You I hate know? that. Like that I happened to me. In Malta, I got my ass kicked one time, but like, and it was over something I said to some girl, and I, I to this day, I don't know what it was. I just wish I earned the scars with something really offensive, but <laughs> like, I just don't know what it was, and that's a, yeah, that's why I don't drink anymore, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. that was me as well. It was too much. Far yeah, too when, much. You're, when you're kids, it's fun. Yeah, no, I was in Korea, though. There was, like, they'd always, like, do 
Eminem, I was like, hey, man, I, I don't know if they told you, but just because I'm white, I was like, this must how black people feel, you know, like, <laughs> just because I'm white doesn't mean I can rap like Eminem, man. But then like, yeah, and then they put me on the karaoke thing and it'd be like, I just barely mumble through it. And they'd be like, whoa, English <laughs> spoken rapidly. This yeah. is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so cool. You got to do that. You got to feel that. You know what I mean? It was a great uh, joking aside. It was actually for 10, 15 minutes. It was a great buzz. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think every white person that listens to hip hop, I think <laughs> fancies themselves as an MC, or they could at least do it. And way back when One Outer was first starting, um, the first guest, let me think, Jungle Man was the first guy. You know, I got on. Then in between, uh, the second one was Helmuth, and in between Jungle Man and Helmuth, I was supposed to be interviewing Pralad Friedman. Oh! <laughs> right? So I was I was keen as fuck, because I wrote, I spent like 15 minutes, and I wrote an actual rap. I was going <laughs> to, I was going to hit him with it, and I'm sure I've got it on my old laptop somewhere. I'll need to do it and actually do it on the show one time for a laugh. There you go, there you go. Um, because I wrote this like rap about uh, Pralad Friedman, so that was going to be my angle with them. I was going to go, right, come on, let's, see, you know, this and that, and then just come out with this yeah, rap. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like him. And uh, in my head, I think it's quite good, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, and then, like, yeah, and you don't know. The big thing to do is accept you're white. Like, I used to have a bunch of black friends, and it was like, when I tried to fake the accent, they'd be like, yo, shut up, white boy. But yeah. then it was just like, but, like, I mean, you don't want to do, like, the song and dance, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but it's, uh, yeah, if you just go with your own thing, it's fun. You know, like, hip-hop's fun, you know? It's like, that was yeah. what, that was, that's, you know, especially in the States, you know, like, I didn't come from the greatest socioeconomic background. That was kind of like, you know, I listened to a lot of metal, but, you know, when you're chilling, you know, it's was, it was fun just to, like, you know, you and your buddy go back and forth, see who could come up with the most creative shit, like, really yeah. fast. And then, yeah, and it's, like, it's annoying when people want to take that away from you because, you know, hey, you're, you're not black. It's like, yeah, so what? You know, like, <laughs> like, what does that have to do, man? It's like, you know, did all jazz musicians do that, you know, at the beginning? Yeah, but yeah it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's real fun, you know? And hopefully this source thing will be fun. It's going to happen on uh, World Series of Poker then. In Vegas, in person, you're looking to do it. Oh, yeah. No, totally. No, I mean, you got to try to get the crowd going and all that. It's, you know, there's it's acapella. So I, I'm sure he's actually going to be rapping and making pretty funny poker jokes. I'm probably just going to be cracking wise you know what i mean so that'll be i mean the cheap promotion boy too because it's like whoever's going to be the first person to do this is going to get way more attention than they deserve yeah you know what i mean so so if you guys want to steal my thunder you got about six months uh but <laughs> no i mean it's one of those things like and this is a guy most people pick a lot of people pick as like the best rap battler of all time so it's like it's a tremendous honor he would even consider you know, like doing this just so we could make fun of poker players. He wants to do it because, you know, he can't drop poker bars like in, you know, in uh, in London. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to yeah. catch it. Like, so he's just, you know, this is him just getting to do every poker joke he's ever done. I, you know, I have a little disdain for certain facets of this industry. So I plan to go up there and have a good time with it. Yeah. Well, that'll be cool. I'll definitely look forward to that. And also, he follows me on Twitter now as well. Oh, so. he does? Yeah, he's a yeah. he's a fan, man. He's a fan. He's a cool dude, too. I mean, from yeah. my limited Twitter interactions, he seems like an actual, like, genuine guy. He's not, like... Yeah. His CD well, is dope, too. If you ever yeah. pick up the, the, his, like, his album... I think you can get it for, like, $5 on Bandcamp or something, but it's, like, one of the best, like, grinder albums I've ever heard. He's got I, a track... Well, go ahead, go ahead. Mom. Yeah, I, I, I bought it. You put it on your blog like a while ago, I think. Uh, yeah, like, and I, I remember buying it. I, I actually bought it from the site. It was like it wasn't iTunes. It was some like direct thing or whatever. No, oh, yeah, no, um, cool, cool. You dig it? You got it? You got yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what the uh, best track on it was. I'll need to no dig it out. Maybe no sleep. Like, no sleep, right? Yeah, I think that was no, it. No yeah. Sleep is like the craziest grinder anthem ever. Like, you can tell that dude's lived it, you know? And a lot of these, like, I had a lot of friends in, like, the quote-unquote hip-hop scene. You meet them, they're from, like, you know, they, like, they have the voice, they fit the mold, but, like, they're from, you know, it's like finding out there's no Santa Claus. They don't, you know, they, they've never done any of the crap. They've never hustled for anything. And, you know, they got rich parents who, like, put them up. 
you know, and all that. And it's like, you listen to that. It's like, man, this dude's lived it, man. This is, this yeah. is some awesome, <laughs> this is some good hip hop. Yeah. All right. It's not the hip hop hour. It's not the hip hop yeah. hour. It's moving it, move it along, Barry. Jesus. Yeah. Always, always so, want to uh, talk about your rap battles, man. It's disgusting. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> well, let's go. Yeah. Well, um, that was actually again nice segue, Alex. Uh, <laughs> this 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 guy uh, emailed in Francis um, said, um, uh, "Hey guys, I've been a big fan of the podcast for a while. Uh, I also used to like the Two Plus Two podcast, but not so much anymore." Well, that's maybe because he's found the best one with the one out. Of exactly, the man. I mean, you know, um, yeah, he said ahead. they used to do sometimes story times with random guests. Like uh, one of the best ones was Neil Channing. Uh, who's also been on your podcast. Let me see Francis Barry. Yeah, and he's got, why don't, Barry and Alex seem like interesting guys. Uh, why don't they give us some of their stories, poker or not? So I was thinking maybe as a new feature of the podcast, near the end, we do like story time with Alex and Barry. And like, you can tell a story and I can tell a story. Like there random, it th- doesn't need to be poker. It doesn't need to be anything, you know. So we can do that, like starting from the next podcast. I think I think you knocked it out of the park with that MC, and I possibly leaked on the DJ. <laughs> yeah, <that was laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. I've got a lot of. I felt bad because it was like seemingly like you said someone's pissed on the DJ booth like over <laughs> the record. It was over records and stuff. I mean, I felt like the next day I was like, what the fuck, you know. But I still don't know if I did or not. I mean, I assume I did. I mean, there's yeah, no... Yeah. It's one of those there's... things, like, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, when people are drunk... See, like, when I got drunk, I'd, like, wake up in my own vomit, like, you know, it's like, it, at least it's like, well, I urinated on a DJ. That one sounds like a... That one sounds like a Robin Williams punchline. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's a fun one to say later on. But, yeah, yeah. no, we can... uh I got some crazy stories, too, from, like, before I was a poker player that are, like just wild like i can't believe some of the stuff i saw just kind of the friends i kept at that time and all that it'd be yeah that'd be real fun we should do that that's a yeah yeah i think it would be good because as i say i've got quite a lot of uh stuff as well non-poker but also some of it's wheeling and dealing so i think yeah that'd be fun I don't mind speaking about myself as well, so we can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but I love talking about myself, so it's going to be, this will be great. No, that's a great idea. Well, that'll be, we'll get to do that. That'll be our own little bit of narcissism every episode. <laughs> we can do that. So just now, we'll put ourselves to one side and we'll deal with some questions. Yep. Um, the first one is from Stephen Burt. Uh, hi, Alex. Love the show. How do you combat an aggressive player that rarely folds, for example, deep in six max? Mm-hmm. You're deep stacked in six max, button versus blinds. How do you combat an aggressive player that rarely folds? Well, uh, one of the things that I had a real difficulty with in that is a lot of times getting swept up in the action. You just really focus on, oh, my God, this guy's raising. I don't have anything. What do I do? If you really try to think of these as ranges, you're going to... Like, I'm not that bright of a guy when it comes to a lot of things in life. But the one thing that seems to really help me in poker is I just if uh, if you calculate, you know, well, he needs to have this hand, this hand or this hand. And there's only that many combinations of this hand. And he's doing this like like a lot of people don't know what to do when a guy check raises, but their check raises, like, let's say, 22 percent. That means one time out of five, the guy's check raising. And it's like. Well, okay, out of all the combinations of hands I gave him in his flatting range, that was like 360, there's 24 that legitimately have a good case for check-raising this flop. And he's, logically, if he's check-raising one-fifth of the hands, that's far more than 24 combinations. So, logically, he can't really have much here most of the time. So, it then it beca- it then then you look like this psycho, like people go on and on about how nuts I was during the PCA, but it's really just ranges. It's just, it's like, well, the guy just can't have anything 60%, 70% of the time. So if you, I mean, you don't, you should do more than click it back because, you know, those are the kind of guys that could put in another bet. But like, if you make, if you make a pretty decent size raise, it usually only needs to work about 40% of the time. And if the guy just has air, like 60 plus percent of the time, you're clearing a 20% edge. And you got to remember they build the Bellagio fountains 
off of uh, like 1% edges on blackjack. So if you're getting that kind of an edge, you got to take it. You should be thanking these guys for being so aggressive because it just it doesn't it's not sustainable for many of them. Now, of course, I enjoyed when poker back in 2006 was like make a pair and value bet and like go buy another condo. But it doesn't it doesn't work that way anymore. So you got to do a little work with the Flobzilla that I've heard card runners EV is pretty good. Uh, the other thing is just lower your standards. Uh, look at the aggression frequencies on every street. If a guy's got like a 40% plus aggression frequency on every street, if you flop a pair, you're not folding. Right? Because that guy's betting every miss flush draw, every high card, everything on the river. So you got to call down. Now, there's other cases where a guy's like, his flop and turn aggression frequency is very high, but on the river, it's like 9 or 15%, something like that. Then you got to f- call flop, call turn, fold river, and you can't like beat yourself up about it if he bets the river because chances are he has something. And if he bluffed you, he hasn't been bluffing most of the time because 15% is a very valueish range. So you have to just, you know, you got to have to accept that. And you can't, uh, there's, I don't know how to put this. It's not insecurity, but yeah, it is. It's kind of when you're starting in poker, it's really easy to get insecure because you're, there's nobody like patting you on the back and going great play. You know what I mean? Like nobody's yeah. got, you, you know, when you shoot a jump shot in basketball, you know, whether it was a good idea or not, because it's going to go in or it's not. Now, if like you sh- shoot the ball up and it disappears and nobody tells you if you get the points until three years from now, of course, it's going to be, you're going <laughs> to, you're going to feel like an ass when it d- fires off just a little odd, you know, from your hand, but you don't, you don't know how that could have gone so you got to break down as many variables as you can in your free time you got to really range i really recommend matthew john's videos that man's on another planet but you know he, i think he there's some times in practicality i think he, he he's so focused on what are you going to do with your whole range the wonderful thing about tournaments is you're going to play 50 hands with these guys just do the math and exploit them you don't need to create a perfectly balanced game unless you're going to play 2-4 or higher, which most of us aren't. Because damn, 2-4 is hard now. 500NL Zoom is really difficult. Those people can really play. But yeah, anyway, hope that helps you, Mr. Burt. And thank you for attending my webinar the other day. Oh, cool. You recognize the name, yeah? Yeah, I do, I do. That dude's really, he's a great dude. He's really nice. Yeah. Um, the second question is from Ben Grizzle. Cool name. I uh, wonder if he's what's it? <laughs> Sam yeah. Grizzle. If he's related yeah, to Sam. Yeah. I, think, I think it's a different spelling. I think it is. That's like something out of like crime noir, man. Like I had to go yeah. talk. I had to go talk to Ben Grizzle. You yeah, had to ben tell me Grizzle's what's up. In town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Grizzle's <laughs> in town, man. You know he's gonna hit you with that pool cue. Anyway, go <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, man. I can't uh, talk today. Go ahead. Alex condones race folding when you have a short stack, but what are his thoughts on race folding when you have, say, 30 big blinds or larger and are raising into the less than 15 big blind short stack? Wonderful, because you know why? Because they're going to think, I have to rejam or fold here. And take this on the button. Let's do this with, uh, let me see if I can memorize this. This is like, See, this is the thing that really worries me about the rap battle is I can't remember things I say every single day. So I don't know how I'm <laughs> going to remember like all these lines. And my freestyle game really sucks most of the time. But I uh, think if you put it to if you put things to a beat like in your I think you can yeah, remember exactly, it uh, exactly. easier. The thing I'm finding with writing is like if like the if like the line is like crazy fun and you're like, "Oh, I can't wait to hear people's reaction." Like, you never forget it. But if it's just garbage, you're never going to remember it. So I had this, like, I was trying to do this, like, Joe Seabox scheme. And it was just, like, it was just lame. Because it's, like, why why beat a guy when he's down? You know what I mean? (laughs) And it was just, like, I just threw it out. But anyway, uh, no, it's, like, okay, so there's a lot of times you open on the button on Poker Stars and you're risking 400 to win 925. I'll use that blind level with the Annie's because that's the one I memorized. And, uh... That needs to work 40, 43 dot something, something, something percent of the time, 400 divided by 925. Oh, excuse me. There will be 525 in blinds and annies. And uh, you're risking 400. So you're risking 400 to win 925 total because that 400 goes back to you when yeah. you win. So what you do is 400 over 925 and you get 0.43 dot, 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 dot. Now, if you open on the button into two 15 big blind stacks, 
and you create some ranges. The ones, the one I always use for fun is I always make 33%. Now, does that sound like normal to you, Barry? Like are people jamming 33% of the time? Well, when you gave me the lesson, we went oh, through yeah, this. Oh, yeah, you went through this? Yeah. Okay, so you know, yeah. you know, you know. 33%, yeah. for those who don't know, goes down to 4-3 suited. So, like, this guy's jamming every suited connector, every suited one-gapper, every ace, most kings. And it's like, it's a range most people agree now doesn't really happen that often. But let's, so, so for example, I do these two 33% guys, and... uh what you do then is you go, well, what's their folding range? Well, they both have a folding range of 67% because logically if they're jamming or folding, everything else is in their folding range, it, uh, uh, whatever's not in their jamming range. So you have 0.67 and then you have another 0.67. The way if you remember multiplying fractions in math, in high school math, which I didn't remember when I started learning this, so I had to have somebody teach me which was wildly embarrassing because I'm pretty sure that's ninth grade mathematics. But <laughs> I like, I was so bad at math, but anyway, so you, you can convert them into fraction. You can convert fractions into, uh, you know, numbers. So 0.67 and then you just multiply them together. Or if you're really lazy, go onto Google and put 67% times 67% and it'll tell you their combined folding range. And uh, 0.67 times 0.67 is 0.4489 if I'm remembering correctly. So even if those gentlemen are shoving four high on you every single time, most kings, all aces, all suited connectors, all suited one gappers, you are clearing a profit because they assume their options are re-raised or fooled. Now, if you're going up against a guy like Bet You Don't Bet or Z Justin, this doesn't exactly work because those guys know how to finagle a profit by flatting some of the times from those stat stacks, widening their range beyond 33% and making it let making it not possible for you to raise fold any two cards. Now, that being said, most guys have just seen the Z Justin and bet you don't bet to the world and gone, oh, you know, they do that and it's really effective, so I'm going to do that. So they call, but they only move with a flop when they hit it, hit a pair or more. But you're not going to have a pair on the flop 65% of the time uh, 60% of the time. So really, even if they flat you too much, they're creating another profitable position because now they're going to be check folding to a C bet that needs to work about 30, 33% of the time, more than 60% of the time. And in a very, very odd way, we've now gone all the way back to 2005, back when people would flat 14 X stacks and check fold because now they're imitating the best in the game, which is bizarre. Like, absolutely bizarre. I don't know any other game that's that cyclical. I don't, I mean, I don't understand chess, like, at all, because that's what actual smart people play chess, like, uh, dumbass hustlers like me play poker. But anyway, it, but, like, does this make sense, Barry? You remember this stuff? You re I remember it. I've still got on my desk somewhere the, uh, the amount that you're risking divided by yeah. the total pot and stuff like that. That is, like, crucial. I mean, yeah, it's weird because nobody ever teaches you that. Like, never. Yeah. And it's just yeah. so basic once you get it. And it was like, I remember I posted some analysis on Facebook, like, five years ago. And people were like, that, that's not how you find that number. And they were, like, really good players. I was like, no, try it with anything. Like, you're flipping a coin for $50, you know. You take yeah. 50 divided everything that's in the pot. 50 divided by 100. Fit 0.5. There you go. Well done. Like, yeah. it's it's weird. But, yeah, if you read CTS's book from, like, 2007, the most pathetic thing is everything is in there. Like, yeah. seven years ago. They just, you know, smart people don't need to dumb things down. So they just wrote whatever. And, like, you know, when I was, like, 19, I read it, and I was like, what is this crap? Or like I could, you know, I knew it was like really smart, but I just couldn't understand it. You know what I mean? It was like trying to read middle Chinese. But yeah, next question. Let's go. The next question is from Amy and it's uh, I'm playing in a live women's league uh, WSOP main event package. Oh, cool. There's a there's a living per table. That sounds brutal. <laughs> uh, Six thousand chips, fifteen-minute blinds. Would you say tight is right in this structure? Extreme, mathematically extremely tight is right. I played twelve to a table in Uruguay once. I've never been more bored in my life. It's like there's just like queens plus out there every single hand. Like, but yeah, no, be very tight. But at the same time, realize everybody, 
that can be good because in my case, a lot of people were like walking around and not paying that much attention and like play. The great thing now is everybody has like iPads and stuff. My wife's grandmother just showed up. So hey, you might hear some rapid screaming in Spanish, but uh, it's, okay. it's, it's, all uh, it's all good. But yeah, so I mean, if you see a few people have checked out, you know, and a bunch of people fold, you know, you, a lot of people are assuming like I can just stop playing right now because like I'm never going to get a hand and everybody else is going to get a hand. So, you know, if you see a few people have checked out behind you and a few people fold before you, you got to open a little more. And uh, you got to play more of those implied odds hands, like seven, six suited and stuff like that. And uh, because it's far more likely you're going to be up against a big hand and crack it. So suited connectors go up in value. Uh, and, uh, yeah, pay attention to the table around you. Tight is right, eh? Yeah. Yeah, tight is right. Uh, last question um, is from Scott. And it is, hi, Alex. Uh, I'm Barry. Again, love the show. We love people when you say that. You take the time yeah, to say Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Um, I have some Christmas money left over, and I'm looking to buy some poker books. If you only had to buy one poker book this year, what would you buy and why? Applications of No Limit Holder, most relevant book I've read. I, I read, I try to read every poker book that comes at, like, I, I, I try to read every poker book and not, I'm not lying. 99% of them are rehashing stuff or they're just lying to people. It's really obvious they're people who just ran good and then, like, you know, they're trying to make an extra buck at, at, off the book kill everyone is like really good but like there's things in kill everyone that just made me want to rip my hair out it's like you know the guy flats out of the big blind with sixes the board comes seven nine nine and the explanation is i start off the action by leading i'm like why do you lead like I, i'm you know i'm really honestly curious i'm not saying it's a bad play but why the hell would you lead from the big blind with an under pair on a seven nine nine board and the particular hand was versus Shannon Shore. And like, I think kill everyone is an excellent book. I think it's a book everybody should read, but even that book has parts that make me want to rip my hair out. But yeah. the theory of poker is probably the book that taught me the most how to think about a poker player when I was like 18, 17. But I mean, it's kind of dated now. Uh, mm. Applications of no limit Hold'em is, I mean, that's a super high level book, but it, the thing I love about that book is it really shows the math. Like I can show people like I had a student the other day. He had 15 X at a WSOP circuit final table and he raised folded King deuce, right? Uh, from the small blind. And uh, he was like, you know, my friends are telling me that's terrible because you can shove there. And I'm like, yes, yes, I know. Like you could, you could have possibly shoved and turned a slight profit. Therefore you must be the antichrist. If you raise folded. Yeah. I've heard this argument. And then I did the, I did the math, right? And I gave this guy like a huge rejamming range, right? And I did the average profit when he jams, according to Sid and Go Wizard, was like 501 chips. Big blinds were like uh, 300 and 600 or something. Or it was like 3,600 and it came out to like five. Oh, no, no, no. I simulated the hand on my hold of manager and it was 300, 600. Okay. So I found like the exact situation, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it was like the average profit by jamming was 501 chips. The average profit from raise folding was 576, but it was like, obviously it's not a very big difference, but if one of them is just like, you know, you go from 15 to 14 X, 13.8 X or 13 X. Uh, and the other one is going from 15 X to zero X. If you're wrong, you should probably take the first one. And the first 50 pages of the applications of Nellman Hold'em is pretty much just proof positive mathematically that the, the preflop game is hilariously, underwhelmingly ineffective. And everybody playing this 3-bet, 4-bet, 5-bet game are really just trying to make themselves feel better. And it's kind of, uh, I, don't, I don't know, when you play Go, this like Japanese game, they have this term called Fool's Go. I can't remember what, it's just like, it, it's just you and the competitor are just like playing around on your sides of the board and nothing ever gets done. And it's <laughs> like, it, it, that's what that that's what that kind of poker feels like to me now. It's like, oh, I'm so sick. I three bet. And uh, Applications of No Limit Hold'em hits on so many of the topics I find so relevant these days. And uh, trying to think of what else is really good. Anything by Tommy Angelo is really good for a professional. Like, And if you're more, you know, if you play recreationally, I think those are very I, enjoyable reads. Yeah. 
I would say one that I read uh, not long ago um, was How I Made My Poker Million. I think it's oh, Tree Wins. That, that, was a great, that was a great book. That was It's That's, very light reading, but it's very good. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's more sort of overall strategy and lifestyle strategy and things, a little money management rather than actual mechanics of the game but i think that's a really good book that people would you know be a good spend good money spend on yeah that's like the ace on the river for online poker players but yeah, yeah i mean yeah. it depends on how hard you want to work if you want if you want like the master's class applications and Nullum and hold them is fantastic i'm trying to think of if i've read anything anything by actually i'm i'm very sad i didn't bring this up anything by Tendler as well yeah jared Tendler is like fantastic uh tree win Anything by Tree Wynn, I greatly enjoy. I, I really I, I really enjoy reading what he has to say about the game. And uh, I know a lot of people bash on him for certain things. But, that I mean, that doesn't take anything away from the work. If you're a logical person and you read and you go, damn, like, that is smart, you know. I've con- like, some of the best, like, bluffs I do, like, he's, like, the plays that people are like, oh, my God, you're a psych. Oh, like that was so cool like it's not like i came up with it it's just something tree win wrote down explained <laughs> the logic and it was like oh hey cool yeah. that's that makes a lot of sense and it's a yeah it's a anything by tree win is really good the book he did with uh mr marchese i think is how you say his last name was very good the one yeah. he did with cole south is very fascinating uh i don't know if they still charge like a thousand dollars for them there was like a day it was like ten dollars on the Kindle, I think yeah. it's on. I think it's on like every torrent site as well. <laughs> yeah, it's on. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. When I was like a kid, I got it yeah. that way. But like, uh, I can't remember what it's called again. It's a uh, uh, let there be range. Let ah, there, let there be a range. Let there that be range. It, yeah. yeah, I remember. Cool name. Cool name. Seven thousand yeah. dollars when it came out, but is that what it was? For? Seven. I remember ca- it being like twelve hundred when I first. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. It, Eventually, yeah. it got down to twelve hundred. Well, it was actually a pretty good deal. Like my buddy was like a really high stakes player, and he paid. You know, I, I I don't know how much he paid, but he was like, I would have paid this seven k. That's like, you know, when I have a bad day at five ten, it's seven thousand. I was like, well, that's not exactly how this works, but yes, like, <laughs> you know, like if. If it can really help you make like another hundred buy-ins at five ten, yes, it's worth the money. And like, yeah, you want to you want to reward these guys for making it. But yeah, seven thousand sounded pretty preposterous. But no, I think uh, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe I stole that one, but I bought all of Tree Wind's other books. <laughs> so, but when I was a kid, I read that one. Yeah, man, forgive me, forgive me, man. I was like eighteen, but yeah, I uh, I, I pay, I pay, I pay for most of my stuff. I, yeah, me too. Me yeah, too. you it's, got it. It's a lot easier. I mean, especially with the Kindle stuff now. Yeah, it it's awesome. It's a pop. Twenty, you know, give them twenty bucks. Yeah. It's all good. You know, yeah. it's like yeah, I, I had to be careful though. My wife found my like credit card statement. It was just Amazon, 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 Amazon. What in the hell? Like you know. So anyway, you can, could have just you could have went. It could have been worse. It could have been escort agency. Yeah, escort agency, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I should, I'm pretty sure if I brought that up, I would have pissed her off more. But, yeah. You know, oh, are you re-raising? Is that yeah. a threat? Is that a threat? But anyway, yeah. Uh, Continue. Oh, well, that's all the questions in uh, for this episode uh, I'm dealt with. Um, as I say, we skipped one of, one of the other questions was for Francis, which we discussed earlier about uh, saying, you know, give us some sort of story time thing. So we're going to look at doing that um, for the next few podcasts. Uh, I'll need to jog my memory. And um, just when you said MC stuff there, it just reminded me of that time in Hong Kong. Oh, that was, uh, that was dope. Yeah, so we'll we'll come up with some stories for the next few podcasts. Uh, as OneOuter.com is a Scottish-based podcast, I want to give a big shout-out to ScottishPoker.net. Uh, a guy over there, Martin, does great work. Uh, so anybody playing poker in Scotland, or especially, obviously, if you're in Scotland, it's got all the updates of the local casinos, what live games are on, etc. And he just did, they covered the Dundee leg of the Grosvenor 25-25 series. And a big shout out to my friend uh, Chico Lamont, uh, who got second for ten thousand pounds. Whoa! Um, so that nice. was yeah, he's a really good player. I uh, I know he listens to the podcast now and again, and uh, yeah, t- total hero. He did well. He did well. So um, and Martin does some great work at ScottishPoker.net, and he put a one outer dot com ad on the site. So 
I said I give him a big shout out in return. <laughs> all right, man. Hey, 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 Barry. Before we go, I got a deal to make with you. All right. Okay. I was doodling some things. I'm not gonna lie. You were like, I'm gonna have you practice for the source on the show. I was like, all right. So I started right. writing some stuff, and then I forgot about it. But I wrote. I got most of it done right here. I okay. think. If I bust. If I bust. See. <laughs> if I drop something right now will you take your prolod friedman bars for the next show and will you do them because we want to hear this crazy hong kong sensation that you've described <laughs> yeah, you... i'll fuck i don't give it i'll do it yeah I'll do all right it. all right it if i had it on the screen but i don't all right so. here we go here we go here we go all right i'm gonna okay. do mine i'm gonna do mine you got me all hyped up you're like you're gonna I do it you. Okay. Do you want to be? Want to be? No, no, I don't. Because I can't. <laughs> okay. I can't rhyme. First of all, I'm white and very, very white. I really pronounce my R's very hard, as the Soros would say. No, but okay. okay, freestyle. I got a few on the side. Okay. But just so you know, Barry, freestyles are all things people memorize. It's similar to how they deify my grind. Like I've really won three million dollars. I just am choosing to spend none of it at this time. But I feel I'm more than a little qualified to rhyme, considering I have the most hood poker background of all time. But being around crack and gats doesn't make you shine. It just means I understand what it means to walk the line. I never lost my fire because I have no choice. And my family needs money, so I use my voice. Sisters got bills, my mother's disabled. So I'm a little different than these bitches enabled by their rich parents when their po kids see poker on cable. My story's so crazy you'd swear it was from a fable. Ran so hard for so long, but money doesn't make you stable. And now I have this choke artist label because when I was drunk, I literally choked up on some transvestite named Ariel. But for real, I'll be serious. I needed drugs as a kid like Eskimo Clark needed breath mints. And when I wouldn't get it, I would throw monumental fits, breaking doors, bloody spit, crying myself to sleep in my own shit. But now I'm sober, a homeowner, and I'm pissed off because when I was down, people assumed I drowned. They only gave me the time of day long enough to scoff. But I'm back to burn your next words as they come out. I'll be your whooping cough. I'm eating off of so many poker pros' plates, they finally had to get me a trough. I'm sorry I made this game so hard for you, but you're a fucking idiot if you think I'll ever back off. You should have studied a little more, but you slacked off, smoked a few joints at night, watched a cuckold porn, and jacked off. While I was up at 4 a.m. Gr grinding Malaysian sites, spirit rock was hovering over you, reading your last rites. Like Kimbo Slice, you got no place in this fight, so just walk the fuck out or find out what happens when I see the moonlight. But no, seriously, hold up. I don't remember the next part because I don't have it written down. <laughs> hold up. No, seriously. I just like the way things sound lyrically. This is filler. This is filler. <laughs> I just like the way things sound lyrically. I can't rap. And now I get really paranoid when I smoke trees. I got no voice for hip-hop, B. I had two tumors on my vocal cords. Please, truth. I'd probably kill myself if I grabbed a gun. Or I'd take a shot at the mailman once my medication's gone and done. I don't have time for hoes because I'm smart enough to know I'm dumber than my wife. Seriously, I'm just lucky she enlisted me because since I got sober, it's been a party. F-tops, W-coops, runs far as the eye can see. In Costa Rica, I can finally be me. So I'm, no I'm never going to run back to the tour. I got the house, cars, and poodle. I don't need this shit anymore. I'd rather spend all day reading and playing Madden than working 16 hours the next day because I can finally make it happen. I don't want to depend on this because that's what makes the passion dampen all right hold on okay it's more of a freestyle now <laughs> a good deal of these were written i just enjoy flowing so much the games left me smitten <laughs> but okay but no seriously as kids my friends and i played with those rocks but we listened to more metal than hip-hop but we listened to swollen members on the bus to move the money ourselves there was no one we could trust but thank God we're free now. Thank Christ. Poker's about to be legal now. Okay, I, got, I found it on my notes. <laughs> Don't consider this hip-hop. I'm not good enough. This is just talking with people. Barry, you and I got that locked up. Besides, with my poker rap contemporaries, I, contemporaries, I feel like I'm on the bus from the movie Speed. Jeff Madsen and Prahlad Freeman, the bar is set very high indeed. But there's another part. Give me a second to remember it. If I can, I'll just make up some bullshit. <laughs> My game's so official, it should be legislative. I rhymed it with shit. Damn, I'm creative. But no, yeah, that's my filler when I can't remember something. 
Okay, no, 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 I remember. Okay, I got it right here. But no, the source and I are going to have a little fun hurting each other's feelings for promotion. I'm going to get slaughtered. That one's a given. But if someone said, hey, you can play with 10K against Ivy, only condition is you can't keep the money, of course you're going to take that opportunity. It's a challenge, B. It's funny when we yell at each other on TV. I just got to hope I don't choke and take it that seriously. So check source and I out when we battle at the WCP. There we go. Okay. Ha, I found it. Well done. Yeah, yeah, I found it. That's good. There we go. There we go. No, I had it written on my like notebook, but I was like, yo, man, I got to finish this because you got your you got your sister-in-law coming or something, right? Uh, my sister. My ah, actual your, sister. Oh, your actual sister. <laughs> actual sister. Yeah, yeah. Actual, actual real life. All right. Sister. All right. I want to I want to I want to hear your bars. I want to hear your Prahlad Friedman bars. This is going to be the whitest hip hop hour ever. We're going to we're going to we're going to recommend more CDs, too, because hip hop's a big it's it's more connected with poker than a lot of people realize because it is about the hustle. You know what I mean? It is yeah. about trying to make that money. No, and I'm glad you appreciate that. And you such a fine recording artist such as yourself from the country of Hong Kong could could yeah. join us today. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I got to get the uh, – I wrote one for Prahlad Friedman and I, it's on my own laptop. I got to find it and I'll yeah, definitely do it, it on the next show. I'll be honest. I'll I, I, I wasn't going to do anything because I was like, oh, man, that's going to sound so lame. But then you like – when you were like, yo, man, I had some written for Prahlad, I was like, well, Barry can do it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, but I was like shuffling through papers through that thing. But like, man, God is good. Like, actually, I, actually, I wrote one about two plus tours as well. Oh, my God. Yes. I got to do that. I yes. got to do that. I'll find that as well. Because I was going to I was gonna uh, do that. That was the whole Prahlad Friedman interview. It was going to be like me fucking about and saying this and that and <laughs> get, him, get, get him to do some. Like, my rap was about him and there were some little jibes in it as well. So yeah. I got to find it. I, I will find it. I will caught, find it. He caught wind of it, man. He's ducking you. Yeah, he bottled it big time. <laughs> uh, all right, man. I guess we should wrap this up. Yeah. So uh, just on the thing, follow uh, me on Twitter at oneouter.com. That's at O-N-E-O-U-T-E-R-D-O-T-C-O-M. Uh, like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash oneouter. And the Facebook group, private group, where you can ask questions and stuff and be kept up to date uh, when all the podcasts come out, is facebook.com slash group slash oneouter, I think. Or just search oneouter on Facebook. You'll find us. Um, also, if you want a free £15 bankroll or £15 to spend at Amazon so you can buy a poker book yourself, you must set up a William Hill account by clicking on the link on oneouter.com homepage. It's on the right-hand side, the William Hill banner. Deposit a minimum of £15 and play a hands cash poker or a sit-and-go or a tournament. Email me, barry at oneouter.com. I'll check that you're all linked in and we'll get the £15 to you. So it's a free 100%, you know, 15 quid for either your bankroll or to buy a poker book or that. Alex, where can people get in touch with you for um, lessons, private coaching, etc.? Well, okay. First, you guys, I want to say thank you for listening. But if you really want to thank me, tell a friend about this podcast. You know, send it to them. Or if you're a really good friend, like just subscribe their computer when they're not looking when you're at a dinner party or something, see if they'll check it out. Hopefully they listen to, you know, they, they're into poker. Don't do it for 72 year old granny. She might not catch the humor, but, uh, you know, tell somebody about it. And if you know anybody that works in the poker business and would like to sponsor something like this, tell them to get in touch with us. Write me at assassinatocoaching at gmail.com. Cause right now, Barry and I front the operating fees for this and honestly we have a lot of fun with it and we make you know we make money from it in other ways and it's a great promotion vehicle for myself especially so like i'm really happy to put it up and do all those things but you guys got to remember it's a business we don't like being gone for a month either so you know but if we you know if we're if we got sponsors and we really make this a real thing you know with you guys the community we really we would love to do that and we'd love to do more of these and we can do more fun stuff take more of your suggestions you know get on uh perhaps we'll bring on some guests or something you know what i mean we'll fig we'll figure it out you know so you know help us out help us you know it's a community we really enjoy this we think it's like you know this is talking about the fun stuff in poker which is some of the reality but some of the you know some of the stuff that's more fun day to day not just all the you know piles of cash and the beer 
And uh, if you want to get a private lesson with me, hit me up at assassinatocoaching at gmail.com. My gay assistant will put you in touch with me at a time very soon. <laughs> and uh, uh, if uh, – let's see. that lot. Uh, check out my training videos on Pocket Five's training. Uh, hold up. Check out things I wrote on pokerheadrush.com. I, I keep a blog there. I update it pretty regularly now. So there was a, there was a while. I wasn't updating it as regularly, but I'm uh, I'm kind of moving away from playing poker every single day. So I, I do enjoy the writing, so it's going to be there. Uh, check out my articles in your Bluff magazine, your WBT magazines. Uh, you can check it out on bluff.com, at wptmag.com. And uh, uh, check out my upcoming webinars, all that good stuff. Oh, check me out on Twitter, at The Assassinato, and see all the fun stuff. Lots of articles get posted. We have a huge catalog. We repost them a lot. There's always new blogs, new new reviews of like books and fun stuff we enjoy and a lot of it's real fun. We all come together and talk about books we like and talk about CDs we like and movies and crap, you know, fun stuff. And we also talk about the strategy part of poker and I love my job, man. I love helping you guys make money cuz you guys help me make money, you know. It's uh there's very few businesses like that where we just got to we get to help each other, like build a better life for each other. You know, that's a, that's real special. I'm thanking you guys for being a part of that. So check me out on Twitter at the Assassinato and check me out on Facebook.com slash Assassinato. It's my personal Facebook, so it's kind of weird, but I'm too lazy to make a fan page. <laughs> but you know, it's weird. you know, it's nice getting the random hater comments every other day. But you know, not every, not actually, not that often. Most people are pretty polite. But yeah, check me out on all those forums. And we're going to do another one of these shows real quick. Thank you, guys. Okay, and on that note, I've just found my Pralad Friedman lip. Let's letters. go! Let's go! So we're going to end the show with this. Let's now, go! Let me just go. Let's hope, right? Okay. I don't need to be anything. Let me just uh, see this. So I've not, this is, I've not, I, don't, I can't even remember the total. Like, I think I got it. I so you're just going to okay. read it and miss the punchlines? Yeah. No, no, no. I, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that. Okay, right. Okay, right. All right, all right. All right. Silence in the auditorium. Shh. Right, okay. Oh my god, it's Pralad Friedman. Everybody knows this player is a vegan. He don't eat meat and he don't eat chicken. He eats controversy for breakfast on the ESPN. <laughs> oh, that all rhymed. Does that mean I'm MCing? No, we're going on a journey, so don't stop believing. Bracelets, cash games, and WPT. He should have a sticker on his head, as seen on TV. Now let's talk about controversy. Anti-gates first, now clocks on TV. Right place, wrong time, it's starting to seem like shit would follow Pralad even upstream. Now that's upstream, not Ustream, where he spits his raps. Lissandro, Lissandro will bust you with caps. When it comes to the game, Friedman's close to the top. Mess with him, you'll hear your bankroll pop. That's right, pop, pop, like pop goes a weasel. He makes poker an art, he should carry an easel. He should go east like Eastgate and give up the game. It ain't me play, a Pralad's to blame. But wait, shit. What's that fucking sound? It's Jeff Lissandro loading up another round. Pralad, 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 I think it's best to just cool it. Get behind Helmuth because he will dodge a bullet. <laughs> Dude, That's that it. was good. That was good. That's it. Yeah, man, that was... I love that journey scheme. Nobody caught that. I better put right, you in catch it. Oh, I forgot my... My grandmother is getting a therapy with my wife, my wife's in my wife's physical therapy practice, and they can hear me screaming over here. So Pralad, you know, come at me. Yeah, yeah, Pralad, Pralad, Pralad's like, it's like it's like when you get make Jew jokes, you know, you know they're not gonna get too angry because they're too busy being having their crap together and you know doing really well in life. So, Pralad, so, Pralad knows it's a joke, you know. It's all good. But that was funny as hell, man. That was dope. Okay. That was dope. Yeah. Okay. More. All right. Well, on that note, I'm available for bar mitzvahs, birthdays, etc. So <laughs> get in touch. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, I'll try and dig out the two plus two one. If I, if I can't remember where that is or what that went like, but I'll try and find it. We'll, we'll try and do a little bit of banter with it as we build up to Alex's challenge with the Saurus and. We'll keep it light. You know, we won't take ourselves too serious. Yeah, sounds dope, man. All right, peace, guys. Take care. Cheers.